Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we're here with Kia Kemp, credit control consultant at Chaser. In his past life, was part of FVK, uh, a band which Wikipedia calls a five-piece English theatrical alternative rock band as the vocalist and rhythm guitarist. Um, I think, what, was it Kia, four years of your life that was dedicated to that full-time? Yeah, full-time. And uh, I, I got to drop it in here. Even named by Kerrang! magazine as one of the 50 greatest rock stars in the world today, which is just makes you someone that I've, I've never met anyone else like this in my entire life. So I, I find it so interesting. Uh, your previous day job was as a credit controller, which for those who are not familiar, is kind of at the polar opposite end of glamorization to being like a rock star, which is like the frontline role uh, in a business where you'd be like chasing up payments from your customers that are owed to you. And so you've, you've both done that at a, at a startup and have now, I guess, come into a, a slightly different role at Chaser in, in a similar vein as, as this credit control consultant, where it's, it's leveraging that credit control experience you have, but in a, a very different function, I guess, to before. So to give some context to listeners, this episode is kind of going to be around exploring atypical entries into startups. If, if you don't mind me saying, I find you kind of an an atypical person in a, in a very lovely way um, and you've taken a very atypical journey into startup and even like you're in a really atypical role potentially one of the only people in the world in this exact kind of role so let's get into chatting about like entries into startup do you want to give us a little bit behind when you first started thinking of getting into startup and why yeah so um it was actually because of music indirectly Previously in FVK, my role very much within that band was like the manager. We had a manager also, but I'm a bit of a control freak, so it's like the day-to-day kind of um, making sure everything happened. I guess that gave me a thirst for the sort of entrepreneurial side of things, and I kind of realised that I was enjoying that as much as some of the other aspects of what I was doing. I mean, for for people who aren't really familiar with the sort of things that you'd need to do behind the scenes in a band... What were the actual tasks well, you were doing that gave you this feeling? Yeah, well, we did everything. So we were a typical band, I guess. I think there's about four different descriptive words in the genre that we've got. <laughs> but um, so we were pretty niche. As a result, we didn't ever get signed to a label, and we. That's it. It's still still pretty successful. Yeah, no, we did, yeah, we did, we did, we did well. But what we did, we we founded our own label. Well, I did in the sense that like it was in my name. Then we handled everything. We we built a team around us. It was agents, um, PR, managers, promoters, and I was like essentially the head of the label. So it was everything from like marketing, spend on marketing, through to content, obviously, day to day, social media, touring, uh, obviously recording of the music, uh, manufacturing, getting a distributor. That's like merchandise and things? Yeah, merchandising. So we had a merchandising company that like made the t-shirts and like uh, fulfilled them on our behalf. And we'd like step change from doing it ourselves to selling too much and then having to like get an outside distributor to do it. So it's really like when you're running a band, you're running a, a manufacturing business as well as a lifestyle business. Did you... Did you realise this as you were kind of doing it, as you were running that band, or is it only um, in reflection that you kind I think of... I, I partly realised it, but having then, and I guess this is where we'll get on to, coming out of it, 
and going into startup and working in uh, well, just general work again, the working world. I don't think I realised at the time how many like transferable skills I was acquiring because you're just running a business. You've just got. I had four business partners, so it was a nightmare. <laughs> but like, you know, most startups say like that. I guess the, the the startup rule is the golden number is two, right? So you've got two people, co-founders. One, they like can happen, but they generally advise against because it's good to have someone to bounce off and two figureheads. And uh, three, it sometimes happens. It's just usually a little bit less common. I think Airbnb was three. Am I right? I'm thinking. You'd have to sure. fact check that. Yeah. One of the big, big few was, was three. So yeah, uh, with the band, the, the dynamic is very different because it's lots of people, lots of opinions. It's very, uh, you've got to be very democratic about it because it's like, there's no hierarchy. Yeah. Or, uh, well, in a lot of bands there are, but you try and avoid a hierarchy because then the drummer feels left out and then, you know. <laughs> like how you picked out the drummer. Well, it's always a drummer, isn't it? You know, it's like, if anyone's going to kick off, it's them. Uh, the back. <laughs> so, so to, to be clear, like as as with many you know people that join startup, your kind of I guess your motivation going into it after coming out of the band was because you want to learn how to start your own business. Is that right? Yeah. So just to, I went on a little bit of a tangent, but the entry into it was so I came, I wrapped up my last band, and in doing so, uh, didn't close the label, but like wound that down and. Um, I was looking at going back into work. One thing that I'd done almost for the whole time that I was in bands like on a freelance basis and like previously was credit control. Um, so that was naturally where I looked first. Went to one company and worked as a credit controller there. And then- Presumably not a startup, just like a regular established business. No, it's business. just a re- regular business, yeah, that had been around since like 89 or something. Yeah, so, and in, in at that time was when I started current uh, band, Inklings. And at the start of it, I, um, I there was another chap, one of my good friends called Michael, who was another musician. And he was very similar to me in the sense that he was a very motivated, like entrepreneurially minded guy, but an amazing, like, better musician than me, really good songwriter. And, um, and you know, I looked up to him in a lot of ways as well. We're still friends, if he ever listens to this. <laughs> but, like, looked up to him a lot of the time and that he was the first person I approached about doing this thing together because I didn't want to do the whole going solo thing in inverted commas and um, and he had from doing quite a corporate job moved into startup and uh, had a lot of good things to say about it if you don't mind us asking like what what sort of work had he done first in corporate and then moving to startup he was he a university he did um, seriously actually did content so it was like uh, he'd done journalism or something and then he came in and did um, I'm a I should know more exactly about what it was, but I'm pretty sure... It's all right, the podcast's not about him. It was like content-oriented stuff. And uh, originally it was for like a corporate sort of... It was like a... I'm going to say a law firm, but I'm probably wrong. I'm going to set it this out. Something like that. (laughs) It was a law firm, it's fine. Michael, I'm sorry if you listen. Um, And... uh, and then he moved in, like, like, into doing that kind of stuff for startups. So it was like um, content and, oh, it was like thought leadership. That was it. Mm. I always laughed at his job title because it was like completely... <laughs> Such a startup. Job startup <laughs> title you'd ever have in startup, right? It was very startup Thought leadership consultant. This is coming from somebody who's now a credit control consultant. <laughs> it was like, 
It's kind of like this sort of ridiculous, sort of like overarching role. It's just like I'm going to tell you how to be thought leaders in your field. Like and that's exactly that, that's what he did, and um, he was very good at it. But so to cut to cut in there, here, like when he fed back that information to you about like you know I've made this change from corporate to startup. Like, what were you looking for in moving to a startup? Like, why why did that appeal to you after he's kind of said that? Several reasons. Uh, one, he he liked the culture, so he was like, you know, the, the sort of flexibility, the working hours, the, the fact that you, there's such a focus on hiring that you usually meet people that are genuinely interesting, because it's important, right, in a startup, you can't just have any old chaff coming along, <laughs> usually the founder has focused on hiring like great people, and you're more likely to meet people that are in the same, on the same sort of wavelength, and uh, so there's that mixed with... For me, I'm a lot, I'd call myself a hustler, but in the kind of, not in the glamorous sense of the word, right? So a lot of people glamorize being a hustler and startup. Just hustle, it's all about hustle. I love the word hustle. But for me, it's more like, I like to challenge myself. And I I like the, the idea that if you're confident and capable, then you'll be rewarded rather than just having to put in the years, put in the time. And um, to raise the to raise up the corporate ladder, you very much need to put in the time. So you sort of like start up as more of like a meritocracy, and that's what you wanted to. Yeah, and like get more into. like uh, I liked that control over my own destiny, right? So you you're able to like enter somewhere, and it's kind of kill or be killed in the sense that you're either good at what you do and and you're championed and you're successful, or you're it's kind of dog eat dog, so you're like cut. That doesn't always Making happen. it sound really vicious. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, like, but it, it I makes like sense. I like that sort of accountability, the fact that my contribution would directly impact the success of that company. Yeah, and that's I the kind of like the best startups and the, any, any CEO or founder that's done what they should do makes you feel like that. Yeah. And that's, and that's kind of what you want, right? And, and, and as a result, I like the fact that, I like the risk I guess, and I liked uh, the fact that I could potentially accelerate things for me as an entrepreneur, and that's the third point. I always had this entrepreneurial interest. I discovered that in being in a band, and I discovered this like side of myself that I didn't originally know that I really had, and I wanted to nurture that entrepreneurial interest, and there's no better way to do that than a startup because you get access to things that you wouldn't ever have as uh, in, a, in a massive corporate structure. You're just uh, exposed to parts of the business that you wouldn't be otherwise. So like today, we had a meeting about the amount of money in the bank. Well, it wasn't just about that. <laughs> kind of like you're let into like facets of the business you wouldn't usually. You get this understanding and um, just the nature of startup is that you, everyone has to muck in, right? You have to get in the trenches. Uh, I don't know, since I've been a chaser, I've done like video editing. I've done my actual job I've done yeah. like, voiceovers I've done all sorts of fun like cool stuff that I, I, I really enjoyed and, it, and it's like provided that interesting wide ranging experience yeah if I can just take this back down to the ground level again like back to when you were post FEK I guess and you were looking for credit control jobs because that's the, the majority of the non-music experience that you'd had career-wise. Yeah. You were looking for a role in startup because of all the good things that your friend Michael had to say, mm-hmm. your friend and collaborator, I guess. Yeah. Maybe this is just my own inexperience with 
startup as a really wide industry, mm. but it seems like credit control as a specific role, it feels very non-essential to the kind of early stage startup that mm. springs to mind when I think startup. How did you find your job hunt in ter- like in terms of yeah, yeah. filling the non-early stage role that effectively you filled? Was it a struggle to find that? Like, what did your yeah, search so look like? It, it, it kind of like two things came together. I was looking for another job because I wasn't happy where I was. I'd been there for like getting on for a year, and I didn't feel like I culturally fit in because of the you know because of just the environment was there was a lot of quite stuffy old. <laughs> Were you the only one with a neck tattoo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was the only one like you know, and like I felt like I was a bit of a trophy piece in like the bad way, you know, like I'd be like the guy that all these I'm not a lad at all. I'm sitting here with my legs crossed, kind of like flouncing my arms around with like, lots of hair. And um they, they were like old lads that watched football and had like been in this it was advertising the industry so it, they'd been in there for donkey's years and I, I didn't fit in on any level so I was like I'd like to find somewhere I fit in so I was already looking for another job and and then like startup was I guess in the back of my mind and I'd been thinking about how that was attractive and so it kind of came up so it wasn't I don't think it was specifically credit control I was looking for but that came up and I was like I was generally looking for finance stuff and finance is a really good industry for getting jobs in because everyone needs a finance person really like, yeah. like, like well to a point like whether you've got an accountant or you've got an internal finance person like there's a lot of finance jobs going yeah and, but um, if nothing else getting cash in the door is absolutely imperative yeah and uh, this particular startup has had um, quite a lot uh, I wouldn't say a problem but they had like a challenge with getting invoices paid because of the way they were set up they were a website and um, people didn't necessarily know exactly what they were signing up for and usually web like 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 SaaS businesses are on a subscription but they weren't on a sub- subscription because of the model every like it was a commission basis so it changed every single time so they couldn't really be on a subscription which meant that uh, they had this kind of credit control problem and it was just good timing I guess whilst I was sort of looking casually I was like that came up I was like great I did an interview and uh, later the, the one of the chaps and this is the, this goes back to the startup thing right he's become another one of my like really great friends um, this chap that I met called Nick at this at this place and uh, he, he told me at a barbecue like a few months ago that I did a terrible interview <laughs> 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 took great uh, took great pleasure in reminding me why I did that mainly because I was chewing gum <laughs> I think I've read somewhere that chewing gum like people liked it, but I don't know. Where did I, you I, read that? Yeah, that's a weird thing. I don't know about that, but I've definitely read more than once that chewing anything, yeah. I mean, gum because it never runs out, I guess, helps calm your nerves. Yeah, it did, and uh, I think like I probably came across as arrogant, and uh, which was probably fair. Uh, I just wanted, to, uh, you know, I turned up in a ridiculous churn and stuff like that. But you know, I I, I had this image of startup, right? It was like my first job. I'd like interview for and I was like yeah cool yeah, I need someone to make an impression but I got the job despite the fact that like, the start of the interview was terrible but the gum the gum off. works the gum works <laughs> the gum worked I don't know if it was the gum maybe it was something else but um, I think I, I guess I redeemed myself as the interview went on and yeah I, I got the job and, and that was 
So yeah. that was just that. So it was a bit of luck, a bit of sort of patience, and a bit of uh, to go back to your your question, and a bit of um, digging as well. So, so there was a couple of sites I can't remember, which is not very helpful for this. There was a particular site that I went on, but I'm sure if you Google it, like there's a couple of sites that are dedicated specifically to like startup jobs. I'm pretty sure I found that job on mm. on a site that was just listing jobs at startups. So. I mean, that's a good place to start. Yeah. That's where you're looking. So it kind of it kind of sounds like you don't necessarily have or didn't have an affinity for credit control specifically. You just kind of matched your skill set with what could get you into startup, and then you're now you know you've extended that. So now you you do you know have that credit control consultant role. But I mean, initially was it it was it more like I want to get into startup. Yeah. Credit control is what I know. Yeah. So interesting story. Um, this goes back to me being bit of a hustler um, <laughs> but in the kind of dodgy sense of the word the Del Boy Trotter not the not the glamorous kind of Ocean's Eleven <laughs> sense of the word um, I think they're just straight up thieves <laughs> like, yeah, hustlers yeah, like um, I guess the, you know, it was like that show, The Hustle, right? It was all sexy. No, this, this is very only falls and horses. Hustle. I um, was looking at jobs and I got fed up. So I didn't go to university, didn't get a degree. I spent my time like working and then being in a band and acquiring all these crazy skills and then I went um, back into another job and um, I got fed up with the jobs I was looking at applying for asking for degrees because I was like you know depends the country but in the UK unless you went to a like a top 20 university like degrees are kind of barely worth the paper they're written on in my opinion <laughs> it's kind of like but everyone requires one because there's just this kind of benchmark of like you know you're at least this intelligent I've lectured degree classes in music, and I'm telling you, <laughs> like, some of those people were not intelligent at all. But anyway, so I got frustrated, and I just added a degree to my CV. This is the this is the UK. There are checks ever, and um, if it's on your CV, they believe you. So I just added one on. What did you add? Brilliant. Uh, just some middle of the road like yeah. business management. Oxford, like, I think. No, I didn't do that because the band was biochemical and <laughs> So I think I just went down and picked like a, a university. It was in like the sort of bottom third, the top of the bottom third, right? So I think it was like London South Bank. Sorry, you guys. It's <laughs> like London South Bank business management generic degree. Something like that. And then like, I'd even like made up something. I did my dissertation on just in case I got asked about it. And uh, so I sent out a bunch of CVs like when I was looking at these jobs and I, I couldn't remember when I interviewed with this place where, what CV they'd got so it was kind of like wait did you table. change it every time? no I didn't change it every time but I kind of like halfway through the process I got frustrated I was like I'll just add a, a <laughs> okay. this is annoying so I sent it off couldn't remember whether I'd sent them the CV that had the degree on it or not so I was in this interview like oh like looking and they had my 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 CV like not my degree obviously my CV (laughs) printed out and and I was kind of like trying to like look over the table like what what one they'd got so that I could like align my story with with it if they'd uh, if they ask like so you know you went to like uni and I was like oh yeah oh yes yeah that Um, as it turns out uh, they didn't have the degree one which was kind of cool because Nick who's like my friend now had like just got interested I think in the fact that my CV had director of Gourmet Records for like four years or whatever it was like this guy what ran a record label wants to do finance who is this guy let's bring him in Um, so yeah Um, so I I kind of did have credit control in mind in the sense that that was literally my first job ever out, out, out of school 
first proper job. But uh, I wasn't being picky at that point. I was yeah. like, finance, I know finance. I'd worked for other smaller companies. I'd had access, like, uh, I'd been like, exposed to a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, yeah, so. I mean, if, like, compared to myself, like, I, I did a similar thing, but with, yeah. with sales, let's mm-hmm. say. So, like, my first, all my early jobs were with, in sales positions. Mm-hmm. So, naturally, when I went to look for a job in a startup, like, despite having, despite having having my degree, sorry, um, I, yeah, I went straight for sales, uh, just as kind of more of a way in rather yeah. than, rather than going, okay, sales is what I want to do very quickly realized that's not what I want to do um, and then moved yeah. into product management <laughs> um, but yeah I guess um, in, in a similar sense it'll be interesting to see how your yeah, career develops in, in startup um, yeah. whether that does develop continually as a credit control consultant which is quite a niche mm. niche role for sure or if it's yeah so niche that Brad seems yeah. to think that it's the I think, I think the it's the only person might, in the world who does that like there, I mean there could be someone else out in the world that has titled credit control consultant and yeah, they just yeah. are like a freelance yeah, credit controller yeah, yeah, yeah. but I think but, what you're doing at Chaser yeah. because the industry is not all that huge yeah no no um, like I think I haven't met another one yet. yeah like so, I think what you're doing is completely unique one thing I want to explore though is like so at a high level, if we go back a little bit, so you had credit control experience because that's just like, it's the first job you got. You then thought, I want to get into startup as an area and credit control was the way in because that's what you had experience doing. Mm. Um, really quickly, when you when you joined that first startup as a credit controller, were you the sole person doing that? Like, what did their finance team look like? Like, were they just like, this is something we need or is that something they already had? And it's like, we need to augment this with a credit controller or another credit controller. So that's another story. They had a credit controller, but they weren't doing a particularly good job. And this only became apparent to me fully. I, I, I kind of read between the lines in the, in, the, uh, in the interviews, but this only became fully apparent to me when I joined. And the person doing the credit control, I don't think they'd really done it before massively. And this is a good example, right, of the, the area. Like, obviously, this is my thing now, but... Credit control might seem like something that you could... Actually, for listeners, credit control, I think you explained that it's like basically getting invoices paid, making sure that money's coming into the business. Yeah. Um, but she didn't have the right temperament for it. She used to get very emotional and was having a hard time. And so when I got in there, it's kind of awkward because it was like I was the almost the imposter. It was a bit of like imposter syndrome. And yeah, I... Uh, so I, I mean... The, 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 the company that I came in and worked for were really good around it. They gave her a lot of like help and assistance. Uh, and there was, a, at the time, there was one other. So when I joined, there was three people in the finance team. Me, a management accountant, and their um, credit controller. And then uh, by the time that I left, it was just me. <laughs> so <Okay. laughs> I'm kind of like going in there and just like, okay, that, uh, that paints it in the wrong light but like I guess what one thing I'd say is the other people weren't necessarily made for startup that wasn't what they were I don't think they were enjoying it as much as I was and they moved on um, and you know did both doing great things now and the good thing about startup was the fact that I then got this opportunity having moved into like going in to help out the credit control I was essentially for anyone in finance became their financial controller which was you know, overseeing 
everything in their finance function. So that gives you like a much wider remit than what you originally yeah. came in for. Like, uh, which was nothing, which like, it wasn't anything to do with the uh, responsibility that was attractive, more to do with the, um, just the, the learning that I got and the exposure I had to things and like, the stuff I could put on my CV um, helped definitely, like in going on to my next job and stuff like that. So. Um, yeah, that looked a good next year degree, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> it sure did. So, so that one was real. <laughs> so that's what I want to explore next is like when, when you say you move on to your next job. So in, in this role as a credit controller at a startup, you used Chaser the product. And so that's yes. what got Chaser on your radar. Yeah. You now work for Chaser in not a not your typical credit control role, um, as I've made abundantly clear, <laughs> um, in like this credit control consulting role. I want to learn a little bit about what that journey was like for you. So you're in this previous job to now, you're a credit controller, you've gotten to the stage where you're the only one left in the team, your remit is kind of a little bit wider now, and there's now just kind of like this blank space in this journey between there and you where you are now. What exactly was that like? I also want to sort of like add into that question on top of Brad's. You've got a lot of other skills as well that you like developing on the side. Like, how do they weigh in on that journey? You've, you've got your, your hot sauce Instagram. You're like, you Google Kia Kemp and like YouTube videos of you pop up. Like, you're creating a lot of things as well. So, you're like, it's not only this position, but like a lot of these side projects. How did that transition happen? And did those side projects and skills help in that or not? So, the step um, was kind of like a lot more of a long term thing. I had been in touch with Chaser because uh, I'd been using it and I was a fan of the product. Like as a credit controller, it like revolutionized what I'd been doing, it made my life a lot easier. And um, I was giving feedback, so I was in, in touch with, uh, with yourself. Yeah, and, with me actually. <laughs> and and uh, the CEO. And I, I just kept in touch, especially with David. Um, there was nothing formal about it initially. So David, the, the, the CEO chaser, he was quite good at spotting interesting people, I guess, I, I'd say. And, uh, you know, blowing smoke up my own ears. <laughs> um, I, I just got this feeling that he was interested in just what I was doing and, like, I'd given some feedback that must have been slightly relevant. And, uh, and I had in the back of my mind, you know, one good, really important thing to do if you're in any, like... Uh, like position or you're trying to be entrepreneurial but especially in startup is that those relationships building them and maintaining them and kind of it's not like you're keeping a plan b but like um interesting people right so focus on like uh, surrounding yourself with interesting people uh wherever you can and to me david was interesting to some degree and i, I was like okay we'll, we'll keep talking we had a lot of informal conversations just around credit control we met a few times and then just to, to jump in on that what, if anything, on your side did you do to keep those interactions up? Or did David just keep coming back to you? So I think there's a few things naturally that happened, like there was a bits of feedback and I'd like include David in the, the chats and then like, I think maybe like once on each side we instigated a meeting. Uh, and then after like a couple of meetings, like David floated the idea that, uh, that he, was, he had this idea for a, like, a role not necessarily even offering it to me at the time at all, but like um, bouncing ideas back and forth. And uh, I find it found it really interesting. I like the idea, like I'd, the other people that I'd had exposure to at Chaser had been like interesting. So I was like, oh, this is cool. And yeah, so I, I guess that, that that was it. It's just kind of like one from him for me. We just sort of like, I don't know, like 
that's the way any good relationship works, right? Like if it's informal, like you're just sort of mutually interested in something and you, whether it's like regular or over a few months, you just sort of keep in touch and that's a really good thing to do um, if, you, if you can. Um, I mean, make lists about these things as well sometimes. I literally just like, I'll be like, there's... Did you have a chaser list? Not a chaser list specifically, but I think I had it. Like, that one I actually had in the back of my mind. Sometimes I literally write down people that I want to like keep in touch okay. with because I find them interesting. Really nerdy, but sometimes <laughs> it helps. Just no, I think everyone keeps a bunch of lists, but yeah, they never talk about it. I think everyone list, has yeah, lists. Yeah, I find yeah. a bit. Like, I have lists of like, like something, you know, people that are acquaintances. They're not friends. I don't want to list my friends. Like, yeah, I have lists go, about Brad. Like, yeah, yeah. annoying things <laughs> Brad does. <laughs> <laughs> Go see your best mate. You don't. It's not like that, but it's like a list of people that you found interesting and you want to like see again. So, so that there might have been on a list. But yeah, so that then that developed into like more conversations, and then I, I remember by the time I came around to say so that it got more and more serious. And wait, what do you mean by that? As in, like David was kind of like, oh no, well, I'm almost in a position where I actually want to do this, is and get this role. Okay, so this like I, the idea of the role, which was initially just like, oh, what about this? Like, what do yeah, you guys cool. do? Eventually, came down to this is definitely a role we're yeah, doing, yeah. and he was trying to gauge your interest. Yeah, in it. so he was like, this is a role that we're actually going to like create now, and I was like, okay, cool. So that that, that became became interesting. So to quickly address what you were saying with the other skills, yes, again, it goes back to the transferable skills thing. There was a lot of stuff that was. Uh, that I didn't think would ever be useful, but was. I used to edit videos and I used to, you know, marketing, loads of stuff with marketing when you have to be like, like especially in music nowadays, you have to be like a brand amb- ambassador and like a marketing genius in order, like, yeah. as well as a good musician. It almost feels like that's growing in every role. Like everyone, yeah. I mean, maybe it's just me being too close to startup, but it feels like everyone has to be full stack everything yeah. now. It's like you have to have yeah. a broad skill set. Yeah, just as a person, right? Like, like you have to manage your Instagram brand. <laughs> like, <laughs> just in case you, you are applying for a job, even in a corporate, then someone like scopes out what you're up to. It's like everyone's managing a personal bad brand. It's very black mirror. But when you're, <laughs> when, you're in, uh, when, you're, when you're doing anything public facing, you just have to be an expert in that. So you know, I just I picked up loads of stuff, and you know, like I said, even at Chase, I've done like voiceover stuff and like done like video editing bits and pieces. You never really know when these little skills they like, they're just like interpersonal skills, stuff with like talking, like anything. That, that there's so many skills that you can pick up from all walks of life, not just being in music. That's just me. But whatever you're doing, don't ever think that it's a waste of time because you're like. You're essentially just training yourself for the next thing that you might do. Awesome. Cool. Well, man, thanks for stopping by. Kia Kemp, credit control consultant at Chaser, the classic example of an atypical person taking an atypical journey into an atypical role. Thanks for stopping by, man.